Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your number one destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I'm your host, Brandon Yates, and I am joined by my co-host for you, but unfortunately, Yang Wang won't be with us this week, but he should be back very soon. But I think we miss him already. And today we will be chatting about the 150th Open Golf Championship that is currently underway. And we'll also just be talking about general golf news and talking points that have been dominating the headlines most recently and for you you know the open championship is definitely a tournament that i think not just golf fans but sports fans are, you know look forward to this particular tournament it seems to hold really high regard not just amongst golf fans but just amongst people that enjoy watching you know major sporting occasions i mean i can compare it to maybe wimbledon and you know just general sporting fixtures like that whether you're a sport a fan of that particular sport or not if it's on it might just be something that you'll watch or take note of and what do you think i mean in your opinion what do you think makes the open championship such a special tournament not just for golf fans but just you know for sporting fans Mm, yeah, um, first and foremost, uh, I agree that the Open Championship is the ultimate golf competition and uh, it has such a long history. It's the oldest golf tournament in the world and this year's venue, St. Andrews, is considered the home of golf. The first Open Championship was held in the late 19th century and that's earlier than the birth of many other sports and the old course is even older than the tournament itself. So it's withstood the test of time. Um, and it's also the most visited course in the Open's history. And the fact that this year's is celebrating its 150th anniversary, it goes on to show why it's the tournament's favorite and most prestigious course. Um, I guess it's like Mecca to every golf player and it's their mm. ultimate goal to win the championship. To win the Open Championship, it's it's like you're not really a golf player until you've won <laughs> at the Open. Right. It definitely seems to be one of those tournaments um, that you know. Of course, it is highly prestigious, but like you said, it's the history, it's the people that have won it in the past, and the fact that on this particular course, it's you know it's been around for so long, and like you said, it stood the test of time. So. You know, I think it is definitely one of those tournaments that brings together the top golfers in the world. So, of course, if you're a golf fan, that's something you'd want to see. But beyond that, the history and just all of the prestige behind this tournament, I think that's also, like you said, what makes it so special. And just at this particular, you know, event in the 2022 season and looking at this particular course, what kind of weather have we been seeing and what is the state of the course? Are there any, you know, particular changes to this year's course or the conditions, um, you know, that we've been seeing. Speaking of weather, we all know that weather in Britain can be very tricky and it's always <laughs> an important factor in golf tournaments. Um, so I've been following the early rounds of the Open Championship and this year from the forecast, it looks pretty good um, mm. with, with very small chances of rain and temperatures this week are hovering at around 20 degrees Celsius, which is not too cold uh, and ideal conditions to play golf. It'll be warmer over the weekend. And the most important thing is it'll be dry when the competition really heats up. So uh, nobody wants 
wet lawns when they're hitting when they're teeing off or when they're hitting the balls. Um, the remaining question is the wind, which will be interesting because it'll likely offset the good conditions for some players if they're not really good at judging the change in wind directions. But uh, from the forecast, it looks like um, something that will play to their advantage is the wind will be blowing consistently from the same, more or less the same direction, and uh, there won't be strong winds. Right. Yeah, it seems like at this particular um, tournament, the, the conditions are pretty favorable for all the golfers. And I don't think, I mean, look, you know, when the competition heats up or when things start to really get um, competitive, like you said, you know, the British weather and at that particular venue, anything can happen. So we are expecting good conditions, Like, but you did say there is going to be a bit of wind, which could be challenging for one or two golfers, maybe not necessarily the top contenders, but, hmm. you know, for guys that will be wanting to make um, a name for themselves at this particular tournament and compete with, you know, some golfers that are in the top 10 or top 20 in the world. But um, look, I think we can expect that no matter what conditions are out there, the golfers are pretty capable and should be able to adapt to any conditions. But I think from a fan's perspective, of course, we want to see the best conditions possible to see the best quality of golf being played. However, having said that, you know, looking at previous golf tournaments, not just at the Open Championship, but, you know, at major golf tournaments around the world, whenever there is a bit of strange or unpredictable weather, that kind of creates an extra element of excitement. And just, you know, it's it's yeah. always quite interesting to see how certain golfers um, handle certain conditions. I mean, of course, in an ideal world, we don't want a breath of wind. We want sunshine and, you know, perfect conditions, which is possible. Like like you were saying, the, the weekend's conditions are looking pretty promising. But, you know, if things do take a turn for the worst and we see a bit of rain or a bit of wind or um, just unpredictable conditions, I think that will make the competition just as exciting, but maybe in a different way. Hmm. And on this course in particular, one thing that is very interesting about the old course is that it's got several double greens. Um, and uh, I, I think that will also affect uh, some players if they misjudge the situation or if they're not familiar with the situation on the ground um, because there are flagpoles sticking on both ends of the double greens and if they uh, putt toward the wrong flag it'll probably cost, cost them and they'll probably have bogeys or double bogeys. Absolutely. Look, I mean, we have to hope that, you know, the top contenders will be prepared for, you know, those sorts of um you know, uh, problems, I wouldn't call them problems, but, um, you know, challenges that they may face. Um, that's what yeah, you pay for, for playing yeah. in, that's what you pay for, for playing in the most prestigious golf tournament. You have to, <laughs> exactly. go, You'd like yeah, to go through the test. Yeah, you'd like to think that they would be, you know, prepared and have the talent to deal with any test. And, you know, it, it definitely is one of those courses that will challenge, you know, not just some of the, you know, lower ranked players that are participating, but, you know, some of the top contenders. I think it's always interesting to watch this particular course at, and this particular championship because you do often see some of the top contenders making not necessarily amateur mistakes, but you'll see that they are human, that they are capable of, you know, misjudging certain shots. And um, I often find that very not necessarily funny or anything, but it's kind of endearing. You know, for me, when mm. I see someone like Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson or Rory McIlroy make an error and then, 
you know, kind of feel down about it. You can, you know, physically see it on their face and in their body that they're disappointed and then kind of picking themselves up and um, trying to correct that mistake. I think that also is just as interesting to watch as opposed to someone just breezing through each hole and, um, you know, going all the way to the top. So I think it will be interesting to see how they, not just the top golfers, but all of the golfers participating, it'll be very interesting to see how they deal with some of the challenges that you mentioned there. And then just bringing it back to, um, of course, you know, coming from a Chinese perspective and um, taking all of our Chinese fans into consideration. And of course, we are based in Beijing. Um, in terms of the Chinese golfers, are there any Chinese golfers there that we should be looking out for? Yes, this year Li Haotong's competing in St. Andrews. He qualified after winning the BMW International Open in Munich last month. Um, this victory in Munich came at a critical juncture for him, not only because it allowed him to compete in the Open, it gives the Chinese player a huge confidence boost ahead of the championship. This um, now, this isn't his first time competing in the prestigious Open Championship. We'll, we'll get into his history at the tournament later. But um, Li has had some highs and lows this year. In 2018, he defeated Rory McIlroy to win the Dubai Desert Classic. But his wow. form began to dip from there. Uh, I believe nobody would have expected that was the beginning of a long road downhill for him. Um, over the next couple of years, he's missed so many cuts that he said after Munich that uh, he even considered quitting golf altogether at some point. But um, gladly, he worked on his putts instead and saw his ranking significantly improve this year before his win in Munich. Uh, which was his first title in over four years. So we understand why he was so emotional after the win, uh, because he had to let it out after months or years of disappointment. Um, it's like that in golf and many other sports, in my opinion. If you survive the worst, you will emerge a better player, especially for a talented and young player like Li Haotong. Um, maybe he's not the most young and upcoming players of the field, but he made his name known to everyone when he was just 21. And um, he's not that much older now. When we get to his history at the Open Championship, I'm sure our listeners will get a better idea of why he is such a serious contender for golf tournament and not one to be overlooked. Yeah. You know, and I just think, you know, just touching on what you said earlier, I think that is so crucial. The fact that, you know, someone starts off really well. I mean, you know, coming out, you know, and making a name for yourself by defeating Rory McIlroy and then really struggling from there to then finally win a tournament and then, you know, find yourself at the Open Championship. I think what you were saying earlier, for someone to go through those highs and lows and still stay in the sport, I agree with you that those people end up becoming successful. And not only that... Athletes like that, that go through peaks and troughs in their career, I think they're also such an outstanding example for young, young up-and-coming athletes. Yeah. So hopefully we will see, you know, the fact that his path hasn't been plain sailing. You know, he's had some really great success and then had some really low lows. But he, the most important thing is that he was determined, he stayed in the sport, and now he finds himself at the most, you know, prestigious golf tournament in the world representing his country. Let's go back to the past. And, you you know, you touched on it earlier that we were going to talk about some of the history, you know, his particular history. Have we seen 
Um, any great success from male Chinese golfers at major tournaments in the past? Have there been any, you know, relatively impressive success stories that you can think of? Um, okay, let's go back to the Hawthorne story. What I yeah. think is even more important than defeating Rory McIlroy in Dubai, it's Li Hawthorne finishing in third place at the Open in 2017. That was the best performance for a male Chinese player at a major. Um, in the last round, he had a bogey-free round of 63, and the Associated Press called it the round of his life. He shot seven oh. birdies, including consecutive ones in the last four holes um, and back then it was a, I guess even today it's a huge deal for golf fans in China where the sport is not dominantly popular um, it's similar to Zheng Qinwen in tennis which we've discussed earlier with both of them coming from a country where their sport is not everyone's sport and nobody expected them to do so well um, obviously for these players the most important thing is to win titles but for sports fans like us or for just chinese people in general who are following their compatriot at such an important competition um, they are a breath of fresh air absolutely so i think you know and just going back to what we said earlier, the fact that he's stayed in the sport after going through all of those highs and lows, I think it's really impressive. But I think, you know, I tend to agree with you there. A third place finish at such a prestigious tournament is a, is a huge, huge um, achievement indeed. And then just going into um, the 2022 Open Championship, there are a couple of top contenders. There's a couple of names, you know, big names up there that are in the mix for this year's uh, title. And they could potentially, you know, someone that we recognize could go on to win the title or, you know, an unknown could also do it. So I think that's what makes or one of the aspects that makes this particular tournament so exciting. But just, you know, just from an outsider's perspective and not looking at the current, you know, standings right now, who do you think, um, you know, when it comes to the end of the tournament or when it becomes really, really competitive, who do you think the top contenders will be for the Open Championship? I mean, who, which golfers have been having a really good 2022 season overall so far? From the stats, the odds look pretty good for a few players such as uh, familiar names. Uh, you've mentioned Rory McIlroy. Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth. Uh, McElroy mm. looks like the favorite. Many sports pundits have picked him as the winner. And I wouldn't dispute that because he has finished in the top 10 of all previous majors this season. And he seems to have very strong tee shots. But those are just numbers which I don't always believe in. Um, to, be yeah. to be honest, I'd like to see a dark horse emerge from the field this year. Um, this in this special 150th edition of the historical tournament maybe someone like li haotong he opened with the first round of one over and i i still think he at least he still got it to repeat his success from 2017 so i'm really hoping someone from the field will surprise us like in the opening round um we didn't expect cameron young to lead the field after the first day but um, anything can happen and uh, if the weather plays plays a part or have an impact i think that will make things even more interesting it's so true, you know, I have to agree with you. I think Rory McIlroy is definitely, you know, most people's favorite to win the tournament. But at a major like this, um, there's so many dark horses that could potentially do well. So it'll be very interesting to see, 
you know, at such a important tournament, you know, it's the 150th year of probably the most prestigious golf tournament in the world. And I also think it would be fantastic if a dark horse, someone that we have no idea about, or just general sports fans, you know, I'm, I'm sure golf fans will know the winner regardless of who it is. But for general sports fans, I think it would be really exciting to see a new name emerge. Um, but yeah, like we were saying a bit earlier, there are a couple of the top contenders there in and the mix, you know, in and around the mix. So it'll be very interesting to see how things progress. But you know, talking of major stars, we have to agree that the biggest name in golf over the last, geez, I would say two years. or three decades is. Sorry, say again. Twenty years. Yeah, twenty years or maybe even longer. I, I, it has to be none other than Tiger Woods. And, you know, talk about somebody that's been through ups and downs. I mean, he's pretty much been through it all over the course of his career. He's had injuries. He's had problems off the course. He's had problems on the course. He's become a billionaire. Then he wasn't a billionaire. And then he became mm -hmm. a billionaire again. And, mm -hmm. you know. And he's enjoyed he's just, all the glories. Yeah. He's won almost everything there's, there is to win in golf. Absolutely. And multiple times. It's crazy, you know, and, and he's come back, you know, from surgery and then won the, the US Open. You know, he's just he's I think he's one of those athletes that's truly been through it all and has become a golfing icon. Um, but just in terms of where he is right now, like take us through his recovery process and, you know, his 2022 season. How's Tiger been doing lately? Oh, it's been a very long recovery process for Tiger Woods, uh, even longer than himself would have liked. A few months ago, he didn't even know when he would be playing again. So just being able to tee off at the Open is a giant step forward for him. Um, given that it was so bad, the injuries were so bad, they considered mm -hmm. amputation. I think he did an incredible job in recovering well enough to compete. Um, in April, he played in Augusta for the first time since his injury and the result doesn't really matter, but he still managed to make the cut. Then he did try at the PGA Championship, but had to quit after three rounds. So he's really been working hard for the Open because St. Andrews is such a special and important place for him. Um, it's also his favorite course in his own words. Tiger Woods won two Open Championships on this course and also completed his Grand Slam here. Before the tournament got underway, nobody seemed to have picked Woods as the favorite to win this year. And um, I think that that's true. We've seen that he had an opening round of, is it eight over or six over? But I think it's a success for him just to show up there. The Open Championship and uh, the home of golf needs a monumental figure like Tiger Woods. And Woods also needs the Open Championship to salvage his career, to complete his comeback. I tend to agree with you there. But like you also said, he has really been struggling at this year's particular Open Championship. Um, and, you know, of course, he is in the very, very latter stages of his career. And he has, you know, been through every injury that you could possibly imagine. And it really does seem like Tiger Woods has not lost. I mean, look, I'm sure he's lost, you know, power and accuracy and that kind of thing. But he definitely hasn't lost his desire or his competitive edge. I mean, would you would you agree with that? I think he sure. looks just as competitive and eager to win as he ever has. Yeah, if he doesn't have that anymore, he wouldn't have worked so hard to compete at the open at all he, exactly yeah, yeah he uh he gave up the the masters uh, not the masters the is it the u.s open um to prepare for the open championship so that shows how much 
he loves this tournament, especially this year's course at St Andrews. It's uh, his favorite place. So yeah, he definitely still got that determination and that desire to compete and to win. Just sticking with Tiger Woods, I think you know he has to go down as the biggest icon in possibly the sports history. I think whenever people think golf, the first name that comes to their mind is Tiger Woods, whether you follow the sport or not. Do you think he should be considered the greatest golfer in history, or do you think that there are other golfers over the course of you know the long history of the sport that can be considered the greatest of all time? If you rank golfers by the number of majors they've won, Tiger Woods can compete with Jack Nicklaus. But he's better in other aspects. He absolutely dominated his generation. I remember when I was growing up. Every time there's golf news on TV, there's always Tiger Woods. During his yeah. prime,、uh, in his peak, he was so consistent, and it looks like nothing could ever go wrong for him. He had many consecutive victories and set countless new records. It、uh, it must have been so hard for other golfers to be competing in the same era with Tiger Woods because he was simply insurmountable and.、Um, Jack Nicklaus could be considered alongside was as the greatest of all time in my opinion, because of first the number of major titles he's won. He has eighteen compared with fifteen for Woods, and he's consistent with nineteen second place finishes in the majors. So,、uh, these two these two players are miles ahead of other players in history in terms of their achievement in their sport and their dominance. Yeah. I think that I think there will always be a conversation between Jack Nicklaus and、um, Tiger Woods. I think those two definitely stand. I agree with you. They stand head and shoulders above, you know, the rest of golfers over the course of history. And I think that will always be a constant debate as to who was better. You know, of course, they played generations apart, and Tiger Woods played in a time when you know it became a lot more professional, and there was probably a lot more competition, and of course, way more money in the sport. Whereas Jack Nicklaus was. Competing in a completely different era, so I think that there will always be a conversation to be had about those two. But、um, I think we can, or most sporting fans, can definitely agree that those two gentlemen stand head and shoulders above the rest of golfers over the course of history. And bringing it back to China, what is the state of golf as a sport in China? Is it very popular over there? Are there any up-and-coming stars in the men and women's game? And is anything being done, particularly to develop the sport in the country? Generally, female golf players in China have historically done better than their male counterparts、yeah. because of Feng Shanshan, the absolute number one golfer in China.、Um, male players have recently been making an impact. Um, apart from Li Haotong, 18-year-old Chen Guxin recently won the Blue Canyon Classic.、Um, it was the first time for a mainland player to win a title on the Asian Development Tour. And also speaking about Feng Shanshan, she just then、uh, to give you an idea of why she is the best in China. 
She won twenty two titles and one Olympic medal. Uh, recently,、wow. she opened her own golf club in her home city Guangzhou. Earlier, and、uh, she is now the coach of China's national golf team. I-, I guess only pros will get the chance to train with her at the national team level. But at least her club offers very good opportunities for kids who want to play golf. And I think it's important for young people to have her or other successful golf players as a role model to look up to. Yeah, there definitely seems to have been more success in China from the women's side in golf as opposed to the men's side. But like you said, I think having you know a couple of the individuals that we've mentioned in both the men's and women's game as examples for future athletes, I think that's very important. We've seen you know as we've discussed in other podcasts when there's one or two athletes in China that really make a name for themselves in a certain sport, that definitely has a trickle down effect. And then we see the development of that sport, and we see a lot of young people participating in that sport. So. It'll be interesting to see、um, if that continues to happen in golf, as it has in other sports that we've discussed in previous podcasts, where we've seen one or two star athletes really create a massive surge for participation and success in a certain sport. But that is all we have time for on today's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in and for joining myself and for you. We will be back again next week to talk about our next topic. Back again next week with Yang Guang. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.